We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Dolphins fans hate me. They really don't like you, man. They don't like me at all. They hate me too. It's okay. Welcome back, everybody, to the fifth episode of Stay Hot. I'm Matthew Sponauer, and as usual, I'm joined by Bladen Riley Kirk and Theo Christopher Ash. Can I ask what Dude jersey said our middle names? He, now he's asking what Bladen, What jersey are you wearing? What jersey what are we that? wearing, Bladen? Josh, Josh Cribbs. Why do you, why do you have a Josh Cribbs jersey? Why don't you have a Josh Cribbs jersey? You're the odd one out here. Well, because Matt had a Josh Cribbs jersey on, but I, I didn't want to wear I didn't want to wear my home Josh Cribbs because Matt was already wearing a home Josh Cribbs, so I had to throw my away Josh Cribbs. I didn't would expect you, to see you in a Browns jersey, Spawn Hour. That's it. That's all. all what right, you need to do continue. is get yourself an alternate <laughs> Josh Cribbs jersey, and then all three of us can be in a different can Josh Cribbs jersey. Can get an orange Josh Cribbs jersey? I'm sure. I'll look it up on eBay after the show. I bet if we DM the Browns, I bet if we DM the Browns and ask them, they would send Theo. An orange Josh Cribbs jersey. You might have to ask. I bet you they would leave us on red. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to ask, we're pressed, we're pressed for time. What are we, what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, we were supposed to kick off the show by having uh, Bladen read us a couple of reviews here. Yeah, let, let me. Yeah, let me go into a couple of reviews. My personal favorite is from Palmer Three. Right, Palmer Three says this is his new favorite podcast. First of all, we appreciate it. Uh, he gave us a five star, so we love that. But then he also said, uh, "Make a TikTok next time you record." And let people call in and give takes. That would be cool. We've kind of already talked about this a little bit, doing somewhat of a mailbag. We should do that. Not this episode, but eventually we, I think we definitely should have people call in and we can talk to them about things. Yeah, probably in the next few episodes we'll do that. Um, 
Is there another one that you want to read, Blade? Yeah, we have another one from A Rod to Denver. This one's this one's a three star <laughs> review, which is weird because he actually like it's weird because the review is actually positive. Like it's a positive review and he left three stars. I'm not gonna read the one star review that someone left, but the three star review from A Rod to Denver, the subject is Theo versus Barstool. Uh, I'd love to hear oh your guys' input on Theo's brawl with the Barstool guy. It was not a brawl. He, I, I don't know. That was not a brawl. <laughs> that was like a short spat. That was a short, like, I don't know. You guys are all on my side about that though, right? Theo, I'm not, I'm not going to go against you, my guy. Let's go. All right. Uh, but if you guys want to have your review read on here, um, you leave us a five star, probably every couple of episodes, maybe once every three episodes, we'll read a couple of them. So the first thing that we're talking about today, uh, Theo, what's up with Aaron Rodgers? Well, the story has gotten, you know, it seems like it's gotten worse and that the situation is more irreparable. And I was thinking about it. And the more I think about it, the more justified I feel like Aaron Rodgers is like over the over the past years and years, you as a Packer fan, you can kind of see this coming. Randall Cobb, one of the best friends on his team, they released him without telling him. Jordy, they released him without telling him. They said, you know, Jared Cook, he said. Jared Cook, that should be a priority. We should re-sign him. They let him go without consulting him. He loved his quarterback coach. They fired him or they let him go without consulting Rodgers. He praised Jay Kumaro. They let him go without consulting him. Then they drafted his replacement and then they like wouldn't give him a contract. And like, imagine if it was Blue Wire. Imagine if it was anywhere where you work, this podcast. Like, imagine if I'm trying to think of how I would feel if they like, fired Bladen and then fired Matt and then someone fired all the producers. <laughs> they wouldn't fire me. And they didn't tell me. And then they would like, <laughs> they would like hire my replacement. And, and like, then they would, they wouldn't tell me any of these things all well. The podcast is doing very well. And it was doing well when we had every, like, I would be like, what, what the hell you guys? And that's what, that's where he's at. And I can see why there's like workplace frustration there. And you can argue like, oh, firing uh, or releasing all those those receivers that you mentioned didn't work out so bad because they were they weren't that great outside of Green Bay. Neither was Geronimo Allison or really like MVS isn't anything that's all like Lazard. Like he's working with undrafted free agents here. Maybe part of the reason why they worked in Green Bay and those guys, you know, who they released didn't work outside of Green Bay was because Aaron Rodgers is so good. I, I think you have a valid. I think you have a valid point. My my only concern is right. Baker loved Freddie Kitchens. They, he loved Freddie Kitchens. They hired him as the head coach, and the Browns got significantly worse because of it. So I, I think there is some extent to where, yeah, maybe listen to the quarterback, do what he wants, and do what you know makes him happy if you believe he's your franchise guy. But at the same time, you kind of you have to. It, it, it's a delicate line. You can't just always yeah. go with what the quarterback wants. It, and right now the Packers are doing the opposite where they're not doing anything Rodgers wants. So I understand the frustration there, but they can't yeah. do everything he wants. No, 100%. Like uh, you definitely see times where, okay, um, the Bengals drafting um, Chase, that's for sure what Burrow wanted them to do. Um, for sure. But since people don't see that as like the best move for the team, the Bengals are getting roasted regardless. So it kind of feels like maybe a lose-lose situation for the teams a little bit. But I agree. Uh, like, Letting Jordy Nelson and Cobb go and Cook go. Um, and and I wonder what something we can't know is just the level of communication before these moves. If yeah. there was zero and they just like let go of all of his friends on the team. And when he said something nice about Kumaro, they just like cut him the next day. Like it may not even be the moves. 
as much as it is like the levels of communication. And even this offseason, like Lindsay, like they they let go of the all pro center and they didn't sign anyone. They drafted someone, you know, they drafted a corner again and they do so almost every year in the first round. So I don't know. I, I feel like I would be frustrated. Too. Like if if my any place I worked did that, I would also be frustrated. Now he works at a different place than I work. Like the NFL is not the same as my job at the movie theater or my job here. And the Packers roster is still pretty damn good. So like I can also see where you'd be like, you know, you're not the GM. You're not running the team. They're, they're not obligated to tell you anything like you have a good roster shut up and play like i do kind of get that because the like deshaun watson roster sucks aaron Rodgers' roster is not that bad so i mean i can kind of see both sides so so i guess the question is do you think they'll trade rogers i kind of do i kind of do think they'll trade him because i think that rogers is the type of person that will legitimately retire and can do it without any and and if he retires and you get nothing for him like that's a terrible organizational move. So I don't know. I, I feel like Rogers is the type of person to actually commit to not showing up though. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I think they're going to hold out for as long as they can. Uh, but at some point, if Rogers actually gets into the season and he's not playing and they have big offers on the table, it's going to be hard to say no. Um, we were challenged to come up with a couple of offers for you to see what you thought. Oh, uh, Bladen, I don't know if you had one prepared. I do. Um, or maybe not an exact offer, but let me ask you this. What would the 49ers have to add on to Trey Lance to get you to make that trade? Lance, Bosa, and two first-round picks, I would do it. I don't... You think it's that expensive? Yes, I do. Because he just won MVP and he could... Play I don't know if the Packers have that much leverage. I don't... I think they do because everyone's going to submit an offer. Like, Matthew Stafford got three firsts and Jared Goff. Like... I don't think that Rodgers is is in the same league as Stafford. I think he's above that. So, like, if Stafford got three and Jared Goff, granted, I think one of those firsts was for taking the Jared Goff deal. But like, I I want a haul for Rodgers. I want I want three. I want at least what Stafford got, probably more. And Bosa is would be a tough thing to part with. Lance would be a tough thing to part with, and two first round picks. But I don't even know if I'd take that if I was the 49ers, but I think that's no. I think that's fair value. Um, I think that's like about 50-50. I was just thinking, you know, because like the 49ers are probably a destination that he would want to go and they'd probably want him. Um, but I'm not trying to act like, I'm not saying that that's like some trade I think is going to happen. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's no way, because then the 49ers would have Bosa and five first-round draft picks invested and quarterback. And I mean, Rodgers is, if anyone's worth it, it's Rodgers. Yeah, maybe something more like, like... Lance, three first round picks, like, and maybe not Bosa is probably what puts it over the edge because that guy is could very well easily win defensive player of the year at one point. I mean, at that point, they'd be trading away first round picks from like 2026. Yeah, but the Rams did it. The Rams did, haven't made a yeah. first round pick for eight years. So that might be just kind of the direction <laughs> things are heading. But very yeah, I would take a lot. It would take a lot. Um, it would take at least what Stafford got. I have an idea for a trade. Okay, right. hit me. But I, I want to say before, I, I think I think the most realistic team is Denver. I think right. that is the most realistic team to actually make a move for Rodgers. But I don't I have no idea what they would have to give up to do that. But I have seen on Twitter a lot of Browns fans pitching the idea of Baker oh my, yeah. two firsts 
and Higgins for Aaron Rodgers. Hell no. Oh, my God. I'm not taking that. <laughs> Downgraded quarterback and get a depth wide receiver and two first round picks. No way am I doing that. I'm and taking, two first round picks from a team that's going to be good. Yeah, right. Two like late first round picks. I'm taking from the Browns. Give me give me Baker four first round picks and 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 Hill or Newsom or something like one of your corners like that's that's closer in the ballpark. I'll give you I'll give you three first round picks and Hill. Does the uh, does the money work on that trade? There's no. I mean, Rogers is getting paid like thirty six million. Baker's nine. I don't think the Browns have the cap space for the that. The cap space is tricky, but at some point, if he really refuses to play, the money the the resources you're getting back in a trade is worth the dead money. But I don't know if the Browns could take. Oh, that I'm just, on. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, yeah. I don't know if the Browns could take that on I, for the Packers at least. Like, there's been some speculation where, like, oh, the Packers cannot trade Rodgers because of all the dead cap that he has. That's just, and maybe that's true. But like, mm-hmm. if he refuses to play at some point, like the dead cap becomes worth like doling out from massive haul. Yeah, I remember thinking the same thing when the Giants were like rumored to trade Odell. I'm like, there's no way they'd do that. It's too much dead cap. And then they did it. Uh, and then same the same with thing Wentz. with Carson Wentz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, there's no way. And then they do. Dead cap is not good to take on, but like you're going to pay it out anyway. So you might as well be paying it out yeah. and get some resources back. I, I think that... uh Realistically, Denver's probably the most likely trade option right now. Yeah, Denver Denver kind of does seem to be the direction that things are heading. And they have, you know, I mean, Locke probably isn't worth much, but Judy is probably worth some stuff. They've got a deep roster so they can make like trade, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe Chubb. I don't Maybe Chubb, I mean, Locke. They drafted Sertan. They might trade one of their One uh, of their corners, corners. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Callahan. Um, lock three first round picks, uh, second round pick, maybe something like that. I don't know. But if I had to guess right now, um, I, I did say retirement, but at the end of the day, retirement, like trading him makes more sense than retirement. But I guess John Kuhn did come out and say he's a former Packers fullback who's covers the team and he knew Rogers yeah. and he gave a little bit more of an optimistic report about Rogers returning. So maybe that's, Maybe that's what happens, and this is all just more Rogers drama. But um, I don't know. It it does kind of seem like he's really mad. <laughs> and but you know, I I would say the mo- two most likely outcomes is that he returns to the team or he's traded to Denver right now. That kind of seems like the way the winds are blowing. Um, retiring, he might like retire. Re- retire for those listening on the podcast. I'm doing quotation mark noises where he retired or not quotation mark noises the hand motion he might retire but it's not a real retirement and he comes back and gets traded or something but i don't know that's probably the most likely outcome yeah well i guess i guess the um we're talking about quarterbacks all day because the other topic that we want to hit on is how rookie quarterbacks are going to fare in their second year and when we're saying rookies we mean last year's rookies so like Tua, burrow jalen hurts um, and let's kick it off with the guy who's number one overall and who uh, Theo's definitely had some controversial takes on. I think we all maybe are a little bit low on him, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'll start off, I guess, since I I logged on pretty early in the season and said, I think Joe Burrow's yeah. overrated. And I said his accuracy and his, his, his smarts are good enough where he'll always probably have a job in the league. Um, you know, I was comparing, but his, his physical talent is not where people think it is. Is it? bad enough where he will like totally be screwed forever probably not 
But I do think that it'll prevent him from ever being an elite, elite, elite quarterback. And then the knee, I was comparing him to Alex Smith, the di- like 15 minutes before he tore his knee up. And I felt really bad because I was like, this dude is just Alex yeah. Smith. And then he just had a <laughs> catastrophic knee injury. I'm like, not like that. <laughs> and I, yeah, but uh, I don't know. I feel like Burrow, especially after the knee and the arm is not incredibly lively anyway, just kind of puts a, a low ceiling on him. But the floor is pretty high just because of his accuracy and smarts. I think that knee is pretty, pretty scary. A lot of people maybe have started to underestimate the lasting impacts of major injuries because of how ACLs have developed, where it's like, now if a guy tears his ACL, more, like almost always, they come back and they're fine. Um, It used to be a while ago that it's like an ACL tear was brutal. And I meant like you were, you know, it always had long-term effects. I mean, Brady was kind of the first guy to kind of change that narrative where he came back from his ACL and was almost better than he was before it. Adrian Peterson, too, in 2000, when he came back and won MVP. Yeah, I'm going to have to rep my guy Thomas Davis. He tore his ACL three times in three years, or three times in four years, and came back and was like a pro bowler multiple times. But that he did more than tear his ACL with Burrow. And I, you know, I'm an Ohio State guy. I like Burrow. Um, but it's it, to pretend like that injury couldn't have lasting effects is, you know... Yeah, you sap Burrow of his elusiveness in the pocket and his like that's his best trait is like his pocket presence and like how he can like maneuver through you know i mean at lsu you just like there were so many times where that guy just escaped some crazy situations and like if that is sapped of him then i really i really don't like him that much uh like going forward now i will say i i think you may i think you may underestimate Burrow's arm strength a little bit because in a lot of those situations where it's like he underthrows like a 40 or 50 yard ball he was playing in like horrible wind like you know Cincinnati and Cleveland like the weather can just be atrocious sometimes so I think that has you know some effect and you know Baker was affected by that at one point Watson was affected by that at one point I'm not yeah I don't think Burrow has like some crazy special arm but I mean he could he could get it probably 60 yards down the field Arm strength, arm strength isn't just getting it down the field though. It's also throwing bullet pat, like throwing it, throwing it with velocity. Like I feel like D three quarterbacks can get it sixty yards. Like I, I feel like most guys playing the quarterback position can throw it a long way. But there are throws like you can just tell sometimes. Like Josh Allen, when he releases the ball, it looks unreal the way it explodes Seriously. off of his hands like it doesn't look like physically possible yeah like that is our and josh allen's also like maybe the most physically that's true i'm just i'm just using him as a blatant example <laughs> yeah. like when you when we were watching vic stuff earlier and michael vic <laughs> had the same thing where it would just like yeah he would let go it wouldn't even like look like he's moving his arm forward that quickly he would just like let go of the ball and it would just like it looks really, like a bad animation and no, it does. Or it looks like a bad it looks like a glitch <laughs> And, and that's, that's what you're looking for, for elite arm strength. And Burrow does it. The ball doesn't explode. He throw he can throw a touch like just fine, but it's like those, those yeah. bullet passes when yeah. you have to really, really fire it is where I question his arm strength. But I think overall, it's just going to come down to him coming back with a healthy knee and still having that elusiveness, um, which is, I'm, I'm not going to, I don't, I, it's totally possible. Like uh, it's probably more likely than not, but I, there is some concern with that knee not being, hundred percent. And then it's going to come down to his offensive line being better. A lot of people don't think they upgraded it enough. 
Uh, but they're getting Trey Hopkins back. They got Williams on one side. They got Reef on the other, who was great in pass protection. Uh, they got Jack Carmen, Jake Carmen out of Clemson, who's probably going to kick into guard. Um, yeah. I still don't love their offensive line. No, I don't, um, but it's, it's better than it last should be year. Better, or it should be a little better. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's better than last year. Honestly, I, I think it could be top twenty. I think it could be a top twenty offensive line, reasonably. Mm, about that, but it could be not bottom five. <laughs> so maybe I'm being a little generous. Anyway, moving on to <laughs> okay, okay, we'll say that not bottom five. Not bottom five. <laughs> moving on to Tua is another guy that I kind of feel the same way about. Like two, like. Oh God! I to a Dolphins fans hate me. Like they're they so really mad at like me all the time. They don't like me at all, and it's because they hate me too. It's okay. Yeah, and it's Tua was supposed to be the most pro-ready quarterback. He was supposed to be the one that could step in and like automatically like perform. Like he was supposed to be kind of generational in that aspect. Like Tank for Tua was a thing since he came into the national championship that one time, and he was not the most pro-ready quarterback. Like he got benched twice. And he had some good moments. He really did. I'm not like going to sit here and say that it was all bad with him. But again, when the most pro ready quarterback isn't like super pro ready, like what does that leave his ceiling at? You know, and I think like he's going to be in that next generation of like Goff, Garoppolo, maybe Cousins, maybe even Derek Carr, um, where like he's pretty like that's kind of where Tua is probably going to cap out, in my opinion. Well, I think I think there's a big difference between a Jared Goff, a Jimmy Garoppolo, and a Kirk Cousins. Um, the way I see it, uh, I'm, I'm definitely not like the biggest Tua guy in the world, uh, but I, I do think that there's no reason to believe he won't improve. Uh, their weapons are really, really, really good on Miami. I mean, seriously, they have some of the better weapons in the league, you'd have to think, um, or at least they've put in a lot of effort into getting him. Gesicki, Parker, Waddle, Fuller is good. Yeah, it's, that's really strong. Uh, people underestimate, you know, I don't want to say people like, I, even I do sometimes, Fuller's impact uh, on the Texans last year was crazy. So um, I feel good about that. Their offensive line and running backs worry me a little bit. That, that offensive line is not complete. Um, I don't think, I, I and I'm not, I know that running backs aren't too, too important. And I'm sure, you know, Malcolm Brown and um, Ahmed and Gaskin will be. You, you have to be competent. You can't just have nobody at running yeah. back. And I think that'll be fine, but it's not like they have a guy who I think is a real plus uh, in the backfield. It'll be interesting to see how their duo offensive coordinators work too. They've got two of them. Yeah, I think that might be a little bit weird, but hopefully uh, we see a healthier version of Tua who's had a full off season. I think he'll improve, uh, but I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not expecting like, 40 touchdowns out of Tua, although I'd love to see it. Yeah, it, it's actually interesting. My, my favorite thing when I was like watching Tua last year, like with pro days and stuff, most people, you know, everyone, you know, we knew that the pro day and the combine was going to be a struggle because of COVID. But a lot of times the pro day is supposed to be an opportunity for a player to showcase his very best ability. Like in a vacuum, this is the absolute peak of what I can do. And Tua went out and just, in like a 40-yard field, didn't throw a pass beyond like 15 yards. Through like slants, hitch routes, little screen passes to running backs. Like that's all his he did at his pro day. And I was just I was very curious. Like, if if you're supposed to be, you know, I get you go coming off an injury, but if you're supposed to be, you know, the most pro-ready quarterback, you would think you would show, you know, a lot more ability. He didn't show any ball velocity things. He didn't throw an ability to throw well down the field. 
And to me, that, that's concerning that you didn't even try and show that stuff. You know, even if you're not good at it, at least attempt it. Yeah, I can see that. I, I remember seeing that footage in the shortened field. I guess I didn't put that together when I watched it, but you're right about that. He didn't try. He was yeah. on that short field. <laughs> so yeah, Tua and Burrow, I think we're all a little bit in agreement here to varying degrees that they're kind of maybe the future mid-tier can keep an offense on track, but not elevate it. I yeah with with two I will say that I, I do I want to at least see Tua with a healthy hip 100 percent I don't think he was 100 percent last year um, right. so I think the jury's still out of him and with Burrow we got to see how his injury plays out too so yeah Herbert though Herbert though <laughs> Herbert's a guy I, I think Herbert is going to be the Stafford of the 2020s I I really do I think that, I can that see guy that. yeah is uh, got a lot of Stafford in him where. Like the arm strength is off the charts. Ridiculous. Got a little bit of mobility. Um, maybe some accuracy things that his accuracy was not good. It was probably average to a little bit below Herbert last year, but like some of the throws he made and the ability to come in when he did after Tyrod's freak injury and keep things on track was super impressive. What do you, what do you think his ceiling is? When I watched Joe Burrow or not Joe Burrow, the first, the first time I watched Justin Herbert was um, in, in the Rose bowl uh, uh, in 2019. And right then and there, I, I was prepared to say that he was the best quarterback prospect. Like the only reason that I didn't say that he was better than Joe Burrow was because I didn't want to just have people kill me for saying that Herbert was better than Burrow. But quite honestly, I think he was even then. I saw him at, I see he played ASU and I was at that game. We were playing number four, Oregon, or maybe they were number three at that point, And he stunk. He was terrible. He was throwing, I think, two or three interceptions. We beat them. We stormed the field. And I was like, this Herbert guy sucks. <laughs> so Theo and I just had totally different opinions. <laughs> yes. Based on like the one game we watched. I don't know. I I'm really excited for Herbert. I don't think that I, I like the Stafford comparison hundred um, percent. But a lot of it comes down to just how he develops as a quarterback. And we could sit here and try to predict that, but it's pretty hard. I will say that the chargers have put him in a better situation this year um, to succeed. I think their offensive line is improved and their offensive line was pretty rough, uh, rough last year. Um, it was just as bad as Herbert as Burroughs was. Just it was, I bad. mean, it was awful. Yes. Um, and now, I mean, they've added Slater and Lindsey. Those are two guys who I'm really feeling. They added good about. two more guards. They're looking. Yeah. Their offensive line might be completely different outside of Belaga, who is pretty good. Um, so yeah, they could be. They could be pretty. Dangerous. We do. We do have to take into account the Jets did this a year ago, where they overhauled their entire offensive line, and it's still five sucked. new pieces on their own line, and the and it still sucked. Like only Becton was even startable. Everyone else was, you know, maybe the worst in yeah. football. So, you know, they can do all this to the row line, but it could still not pan that out. That is it true. But the center, time. but the center is all pro. So like, it's probably going to work. Yeah, out I mean, yeah. And Belaga's, yeah. Is, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it'll, it'll be better, I think. Yeah. And Herbert's the type of guy, I think, to, you know, he doesn't hold the ball too, 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 too crazy long like Burrow does. So yeah. he can avoid sacks a little better that way too. Well, it feels like with the Chargers, um, you know, last year I thought they were going to be really good, even though they had Tyrod um, starting, and I didn't think that uh, Herbert was going to play that well that quickly, um, and they kind of burned me. But looking at their roster sure. this year, I'm ready to get hurt again. I think they're going to be awesome. <laughs> their defense looks so good. Yeah. Um, they're getting Derwin James back. Herbert, if he takes a step up in year two, and he could be throwing like 40-something touchdowns next year, um, they've got good weapons. 
Uh, their offensive line's way improved. I just I, I like that team a lot. I'm excited for them. They they have 30 to one Vegas odds to win the Super Bowl. I might take that. Yeah, not a terrible bet. Next quarterback would be Love, which I don't think we can say much about because we never seen we've never seen him. I think it's a little bit concerning that he was a healthy <laughs> scratch for most of last year, and he was behind Tim Boyle, which I guess you could say is maybe procedural. But I think that that's concerning. That's all I've got to say about Love is that is concerning, and the other one would be Hurts, and Hurts is interesting. That that's that's Matt and I's guy. Uh, we've we've liked Jalen Hurts for uh for a while. I'm not sure how he's going to do next year. It's really, that situation is just so weird. I don't even know if the Eagles really like him. Uh, it, I mean, it's just bizarre. Uh, but I, I think, I think Devonta Smith's going to be good. I think given like a full year and a full off season, he can make big plays. He can, you know, get the ball downfield. It seems like sometimes what gives me hope for him is that his improvement since then is so ridiculously wild. And I've only heard things about how hard of a worker he is. So if he can, I think he has the potential to be a really good guy. I just hope that the Eagles really, um, really commit to him, at least for this season. I give him a full shot. Yeah, I remember his freshman year at Alabama. Yeah, I watched this guy and he's just, he just looks like a totally different player than everyone else on the field. I mean, I, he was squatting as much as linemen. He, his, he has massive legs. Like yeah. Matt talked about, he's built like a running back. And he, he just like runs over people. He can throw well down the field. I, I mean, yeah, his improvement since being at Alabama is, is totally bizarre. I mean, everything he's done since then has been off the charts better. So I, I find it hard to believe that he doesn't continue to improve. I honestly think he's going to... I don't know if he'll be like really, really good, but I don't think it's unreasonable that the Eagles aren't competing in in that division. I was a big I was a big Hertz fan coming out of college because I thought his accuracy was underrated. He was charted better when it comes to like on target percentage. <laughs> Bladen. <laughs> Bladen. Now when his on target percentage was actually quite high at Alabama. And then of course he had that a very good season at Oklahoma too. So I was pretty high on him. I thought his ability was as mm-hmm. a passer was underrated and as a runner he was super good yeah um so i really really loved him coming into the nfl and i thought as a second round pick he was kind of a steal um but you know coming into the season and what he showed this year i'm a a lot less optimistic about him just because you know he held the he held the ball so long his accuracy was eh, he took a lot of sacks he had a very good game against the the cardinals and against the saints on that were kind of high profile games and everyone thought, you know, he was super good after that, including myself. But outside of those two games, there was a lot of lumps and there was a lot of bad pocket presence. And there was a lot of kind of looking, you know, he does need to work on a lot of the, the like poise part of the game and the, and the field reading part of the game. Uh, yeah. I, I think he'll get there with that. I really, I really do like him. Uh, I agree with you on the, his accuracy is probably going to, I think it'll get better as his first four games as a rookie coming in the middle of the yeah, season. I, I think Hertz is in a unique spot where his, his coaching staff and his, his management doesn't really like him that much. So, you know, I think that's kind of playing a role into his performance last year, but you know, hopefully they, they believe in him a little bit more and he gets a better shot to succeed this year. Yeah, no, I, I so I, I, I do think that, there's a lot of stuff for him to work on, but his potential is really high. Um, he's shown nothing but the ability to improve. I think the passing will come with him for sure, or at least the accuracy, because he can, you know, he can push the ball down the field at times. If I had to rank him, 
just do like a ranking, like a power ranking of second year quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I would go probably Herbert, large gap, Tua, Burrow, Hurts, Love. Maybe Love yeah. is a little bit high. It's just so hard wow. for me to say about Love. I don't know, yeah. something like that. I know that's kind of a switch of brand for yeah. me, but I think that that's my ranking. Hertz, Hertz has a higher ceiling than Tua and Burrow, but I, I think that I'm probably a little bit more confident that Burrow and Tua are going to be serviceable with Hertz. There's a really large range of um, how good he could be. Yeah, I, I would probably I would probably go with I'd probably go with Herbert at one. I think that's pretty obvious, but I'm going to go with Hertz at two. I'm going to go with Hertz at two. I believe in Hertz. Like Matt said, he showed nothing but an ability to improve. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of stick with my gut there. Go with Hertz at two, Burrow at three, and then uh, Tua at four. And then I again I like we don't really know about Love. We have no idea. So I don't even know where I would put him there. But no, yeah, Theo had to dip out here. Theo had to dip out here because he's getting that bird tattoo he was talking about. We texted him, and I think he forgot that we were going to record the podcast today. Either that or he just woke up. Yeah. I was going to ask um, you two, but I guess I'll just ask you to end it. Can you dance? What? Can you dance? I was thinking about this the other day. So I saw a TikTok, right? Like, <laughs> I don't, the first off, I don't think you can. I've never seen you dance. I've known you for a very long time. But I, I saw a TikTok the other day. It's like a red flag is when a guy can't dance. And I hate the play into like the stereotype of white guys that can't dance, but I really, I can't dance at all. Like imagine, like if I was ever in a situation where I need to dance, I can't do it at all in any like not not slow dancing, not like. So can you dance? Yeah, you can dance. Um, I think I think we get a TikTok. I think I could like slow dance, but but in ter- but in terms of like if if someone were to just play a song and say dance, I would certainly make a fool of myself. Yeah, no, I I I definitely feel the same way. Um, I'm going to, since Theo isn't here, I'm just going to assume that he can't dance. Theo, Theo is probably the lankiest person of all of us. Theo seems like the type of guy who's learned like one dance move because he's got like a couple of songs on the piano (laughs) that I bet you Theo can't dance actually. All right. But I think that wraps it up for us here. Uh, Make sure to download, follow, rate us five stars if you can. Again, if you leave us um, a review, there's a chance that uh, every couple episodes we might read a couple of them on here. Um, You know, have a good week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.